Welcome back to the show right here on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Greg Lonard here. You there. Happy to have you along this sports talk midday journey with me. As we roll on towards 2 o'clock, that's when our show ends, unfortunately. But I'll be back again on Wednesday and then again on Thursday and then again on Friday. So we got plenty of time to talk. Don't you fret. Don't you worry. Joining us now to talk a whole lot of NFL draft. He's a good friend of mine, senior college football analyst for Pro Football Focus. Give it up for Seth Galina as he joins us now. What's up, Seth? How are you, man? I'm great. I was just watching um, highlights from the 2000 National Championship game. Mm-hmm. So, well, sorry, the 1999 season National Championship game between Florida State and Virginia Tech. And just to, just to remind myself of how good Michael Vick and Peter Warwick were. <laughs> and I just wanted to put that up there. Two really good players. I highly recommend it. Go Google it. YouTube it. Google it. Whatever. Go watch that game again. It's super fun. Nice, dude. And obviously the, the Atlanta fans love hearing that and reminiscing about the good times that they had with Michael Vick, of course, uh, before all of the legal troubles and things like that. Um, but yeah, he was a dynamic player and that's uh, I'm sure that's an incredible game. But uh, first and foremost, I have to... Before we get into the to the college football draft, because we're going to dive you know into the defensive players in, in the defensive side of the football, because we focused a lot on offense last week. I, I just came up with this trade proposal because I know you've probably heard the news of the swirling around the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of them, of Terry Fontenot saying that, hey, look, you know, we'd be open to trading any player. We're listening to phone calls, and, and Julio Jones specifically is one that they was he was asked about and said, yeah, we'll we'll listen to we'll offers and things like that, and we know the Falcons might need a quarterback and if they you know make the trade do they take a Kyle Pitts or Devonta Smith or Jamar Chase or whatever to kind of help fill that void but they're not going to trade Julio till after June 1st to save on some money all that good stuff so I'm thinking as I'm sitting here and I'm talking I'm thinking okay they need a quarterback and they also would like to potentially get a replacement for a guy like Julio Jones in the draft this year so my thought to you and I, I want to see if this makes sense or would work in your mind as well you trade with the Packers. The Packers get Julio Jones. They trade away Jordan Love, maybe some draft capital, and make the money work some way. And it seems like both sides are happy where the Falcons can get maybe a, a younger quarterback and they can get they can draft a, a playmaker in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I think the, the question would be, what is your evaluation of Jordan Love? Personally, I don't have a very... I like. I know he got picked in the first round last year. I don't have a very high, high grade on him. Uh, you know, last season. So for me, and as a person, now Fontenot might have a different opinion on him. He might mm-hmm. think he is a first-round talent. Uh, I don't see it. So to me, that trade is a big win for the for the Green Bay Packers. But I, I do think it's interesting the Julio news because, look, exp- you know, someone will have to explain to me how, why you would extend Matt Ryan and then trade Julio Jones. Uh, that's why I don't really see it happening. Also, if I was an Atlanta Falcons fan, I would be heartbroken if they traded Julio Jones, who still has a lot of gas left in the tank. There's no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I think if they trade him, then it's full-on rebuild mode because you probably have to say, hey, we're going to go get the quarterback at four. Whatever pick we get, let's say it's, uh, it's Green Bay at, at 29 or 30, whatever they are, um, or somewhere else in the wherever they, they, they end up with another first-round pick, Go get, go get a receiver, right? And just and just, you know, fill kind of replace Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones in the first round in the 2021 draft, and and then roll from there. You still have Matt Ryan for a season, 
you know, get the young kids some, some time on the bench to learn and do whatever. And then it's his game. You know, if, if they do go this route, then it's going to be his ball game uh, as of 2022. Uh, so I could see them doing it. I would like, but like I said, I would be heartbroken if I was a, uh, if I was a, uh, a lot of factors, especially, especially you have a guy from the New Orleans Saints who comes in to run your franchise. And the first thing he yeah. does is trade Julio Jones. <laughs> I would be pretty upset if I was a Falcons fan. That is a really good point by you again, Seth Galina, hanging with us here on the Word with G. Uh, it, you'd be surprised, though. I, I posed the question out there just on the poll question today, and, and, and so far it's 75% in favor of trading Julio Jones. Wow, that, that, that's surprising to tell you the truth. I, I still think he has a lot less in the tank. You know, his, his yards and, and catches and targets, yards per target, yards per route run, were still top 10 last year, uh, even in a struggling Atlanta offense. Uh, but, yeah, like I, I guess the idea is, hey, you might be just sick of this, this era of uh, Atlanta Falcons football and say, hey, we're, it's over now. Like, we're not going to get anything out of Matt Ryan that we haven't seen anymore. Like, the 2016 version of Matt Ryan might not be coming back. And if you feel that way, then, yeah, it's probably time to – well, certainly it would be time to offload uh, Matt Ryan, but we know that's not happening. So then, yeah, yeah where, where else do we start? You know, our next prized asset is going to be Julio Jones, and you can absolutely get a first-round pick for him, uh, whether it's this year or maybe even next year. I've heard some experts say that they wouldn't expect him to, the, the, them to fetch a first-round pick and, and whatnot, and I was a little bit surprised by that, but um, I know he's aging a little bit. But, yeah, I, I still think he has some in the tank, left in the tank. Before we get to the defensive players in the NFL draft, last question about Julio Jones. Is there any way that, that you can, I guess, quantify why he hasn't scored more touchdowns in his career? Because that's always kind of been the one bugaboo about Julio Jones is that he's only scored double-digit touchdowns in one season. I think that's just randomness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I really believe that there's nothing wrong with him in terms of him getting into the end zone. Uh, it just hasn't happened. There, there could be a, you know, I haven't looked this up, but touchdowns are often about opportunity. And where are most touchdowns scored from? They're from the one, two, three, four yard line. Mm-hmm. So if you're running the football, if, if the Falcons just by chance are running the football, more often than not, on those yard lines, then then he's not going to have the opportunity to score a bunch of a bunch of touchdowns or as much, many touchdowns as other as other uh, receivers. I don't think it takes away from anything uh, about him as a player. I think he's the best receiver of the past ten years. I don't think you know certainly top five, and then mm-hmm. certainly make the case that. Uh, He's the best one. So I don't think it takes anything away from this game. I think it's just probably randomness why he hasn't scored so many touchdowns. Seth Galina, again, our guest talking college football here on, well, we'll be talking college football here on uh, The Word with G, senior college football analyst of Pro Football Focus. Let's turn our attention to the kids now in the draft coming up on Thursday. And we talked about offense last week. Let's talk defense this week. And, of course, if you want to hear that conversation with Seth and I on the offensive players, head on over to my podcast page on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts and uh, search The Word with G. And, can find our offensive player chat. Let's go talk defense now. Uh, what is the, in your opinion, the deepest defensive position in this upcoming draft, and why? That's a good question. It, it's not a very deep class, and I kind of think it's probably. I mean, it's always going to be corner, like let's say cornerback out of it, because I think you know I, I believe we talked about this last time, talking about the receiver class and how every year for for, for the past. 
three, four years, and I think going forward the next 10 years, the next decade, we're always going to be saying this is a deep receiver class because that's where athletes go play when they're at the young, younger ages, the, the lower levels of football, and they grow into good NFL prospects at those positions. So we said that about receiver. I can say the same thing about cornerback because if you have great athletes and great people playing receiver, well, you're going to have to match it in some way, and we're going to see that for the next, again, the next 10, 20 years, I'm not sure, uh, as far as what, what we think football is going to look like uh, going forward. So I think cornerback for sure is deep. But if we're taking those out, I think the linebacker class is really interesting because you have one guy who is a top five talent who won't, who won't get picked in the top five, um, but that's Michael Parsons from Penn State. And then you have guys like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who is a tremendous athlete. You have David Collins, who's a tremendous athlete. So Owusu-Koromoa uh, uh, from Notre Dame, uh, Collins from Tulsa, and there's a few other guys that are really interesting prospects. Now, we're not talking about these guys as top 15 picks. And honestly, there might be just one linebacker taken in the first round. But for that position, I think it is a deep class. Um, you'll get some good, good value out of some second and third round players. So you're anticipating not a lot of defensive players to go here in the first round? Look, we, we know five quarterbacks are going to get taken. Yeah. And then I think probably I would put my – Bet a little bit of money that another quarterback gets taken in that like same Jordan Love type spot that we saw last season to someone mm-hmm. twenty thirty. So that's six. I think for sure there's five pass catchers being taken, and probably more to tell you the truth, probably five in the first fifteen, and then three, four after that. I'm not sure. Tackles, we're going to see three or four. So like you, you keep going down the line, and like where are all the defensive players? And especially when we take away cornerbacks again, there's just not a lot. We might see one safety, one linebacker, one interior defensive lineman, and maybe a couple, uh, two or three edge rushers. So it's, it's not the deepest or maybe not, maybe it's deep and we don't know about that, but I'd say it's certainly not a high end, uh, um, draft class for defensive players. Seth Galina, again, our guest talking uh, college football NFL draft coming up uh, on Thursday, senior college football analyst. Who, in your estimation, will be the first or should be the first defensive player taken, and where do you believe that he'll be taken? Well, I think that the best player is, like I said, Micah Parsons from Penn State. Mm -hmm. And then where he'll be taken is super interesting because – he doesn't play a valuable position. That's inside linebacker. You know, there's certainly more um, more valuable positions out there. So I don't know. I don't see him as a top 10 pick. I don't even mind having seen him as top 15 pick. I think outside top 15, someone's going to say, hey, we just love this guy too much, even if we know he's not a, this play a valuable position. So I think they snap him up, which means that they're probably the first defensive player selected, you know, is probably a corner, and it's probably Patrick Sertan, uh, Sertan from University of Alabama to, I would say, Dallas at, to- at 10. That is probably when you're going to see the first defensive player. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but I think I would, put, I, I would think that uh, Sertan goes to 10, to the, at 10, to the Cowboys, and he's the first uh, defensive player off the board. What about some of the other cornerbacks in this draft? I mean, some of the other big names, J.C. Horn, I believe that's Joe Horn's son, correct? Yep. And you also had Asante Samuel Jr., who's another guy who 
has been talked a lot about. Uh, how are the top cornerbacks? How do you grade out the top cornerbacks in this draft class? Strong draft class for the cornerbacks, or is it very high end and you have to go get your guys at the top because it might be slim pickings towards the bottom? No, I think I think in the first round, if you play a cornerback in the first round, there's about five, six of them that I think can go in that range. I think you're getting a really good player. Personally, I think the guy I just mentioned, Sertani, is the best one. Uh, just a guy who can play, can play, can do everything, right? If you're going to take a guy, you know, 10th overall, you better be able to do everything. I think he can. But specifically, he's a fantastic press cornerback and um, just eliminates guys from from quarterback possessions. Like, hey, look, I'm covering this guy. I'm pressing him out the game. Don't even look his way. Like, like don't even look at him because he's not going to be open. And you have some other guys that are very different. So you have guys like Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. You have Asante Samuel Jr. Speaking of another son of a former NFL player. Yeah. Um, that's three of them uh, as uh, that could be in the first round at the same position with Sertan, Horn, and uh, Samuel. So, you know, those guys, um, Samuel and Farley, they like to play off. They like to bait quarterbacks into throwing to their receivers, and then they're going to come and make a play in the football. So it really depends on what you like. And on the, on the other side is, is J.C. Horn, who's a press man corner. Loves to play press, loves to get physical, and again, eliminate receivers uh, before the play even starts. So the, I think, you know, I think after Sertan, I think you're really looking at, hey, what do we want our cornerback to do um, in, in our scheme, in our defense? And then that'll, that'll put you toward which quarterback you want to t- which cornerback you want to take. And you also have Greg Newsom on uh, Northwestern, and you have Tyson Campbell out of Georgia, who are other interesting picks that, uh, that could, could be in the first round. Talking NFL draft with Seth Galina just for a couple of more minutes before we got to get him out of here. Here's one of my last questions for you, Seth. Give me, we talked, talked about the position with the most depth that, that you mentioned. Let's talk about the team with or the uh, position in the defensive side of the football with the least amount of depth into the, in this uh, draft class, in your opinion. Probably safety or interior defensive linemen. I guess I'd probably go with safety. I think with, with the interior defensive players, you're going to get a guy in the first round with Barmore, uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't, he might even fall out of the first round, though I, I'm a big fan of his, so I, I don't think he will. And then with safety, you're getting, you're getting uh, Trevon uh, Merrick from TCU. And, and after that, I don't know who's the next safety that's going to go off the board. You for sure in the first round and maybe even the second round. You know, in our, on our draft board, we have uh, Jamar Johnson, the safety of Indiana, as the 41st best player. He's he's a really good player. Um, I'm not sure if he's a first round or even second round player. So like that to me is like where um, I think safety would get the nod for the kind of the, the least deep uh, class in, in, in terms of defensive players. And with edge rushers, it's interesting too because yeah. I think there's some guys who will go late first, early second, but that's weird because edge is a position. Edge is a valuable position. Yeah. We saw a guy in Miles Garrett go first overall not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and these guys usually go in the top 10, uh, top 20 for sure. And next year we're going to have a guy, the kid out of Oregon, is going to go in the top five, I think, the top 10 for sure. So that's interesting, that edge of all the, of all the, um, the, the, the places on defense, positions on defense, is not going to have, definitely not going to have a top 10 pick and maybe not even a top 20 pick. You took the question right out of my mouth. That was going to be my last one, talking about edge rushers, because I haven't heard a lot about edge rushers in this draft class, so I thought that might be one of the more shallow positions 
in this draft class. But again, Seth Galina has been our guest. Follow him up on Twitter at PFF underscore Seth. He's the senior college football analyst for Pro Football Focus and the host of the PFF College Football Podcast. When are you dropping one this week? Is it before the draft or are we getting one just after the draft? Yeah, there's a little drop one this morning. Uh, me and uh, PFF Anthony uh, did a uh, mock draft. So you can go and find that on YouTube. Uh, and uh, you can go on PFF.com, 30% off, promo code DRAFT30. Get all of the, um, all of the uh, PFF stuff there. And find us all uh, Thursday night, PFF.com, PFF YouTube channel, the NFO Draft Show live with Chris Collinsworth and Barry Butler and a few other guests. So I'm um, excited, excited for Thursday night. Love it, as we all are. And as you mentioned, save 30% on any PFF subscri- subscription with code at Draft30. Do it now. Thank me later, Seth. Thanks for the time. As always, enjoy the dentist appointment. We will talk again soon, <laughs> my friend. All right, I'll see you. Man, there you go. Seth Galina right here on The Word with 